Welcome everybody to the Micro Rivers podcast. This is episode number two. Today's date is May 15th, 2020. Um, I'm again lucky enough to be joined by Eva Evangelo of Limassol Sports Massage. Thank you very much for doing our episode number two. I think the viewers last time from the comments and feedback I got, got a lot of uh, value from our talk last time. So we'll continue this on. And again, always the theme is outdoor fitness and exercise, um, being outdoors in nature, uh, health, wellness, and um, your experience is second to none in this category of sports injuries with athletes. You've experienced so many types of people. So um, Eva, thank you. How are you today? Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me back again. And I'm really pleased to hear that the viewers enjoyed the previous podcast. Yeah, viewers and listeners. So um, for those of you listening on Google Podcasts, we're on there and we're also on Spotify. And we're also on YouTube. So people watching us, hello, you're watching us on YouTube there. So um, if you are listening to us on podcast today, then do check out the YouTube channel, Michael Rivers Podcast Show, because you'll see this amazing location that we're at. We're at Molos, the area known as Molos. We're on uh, one of the piers that go out onto the sea, and it is absolutely spectacular. The view, the sea is just like, looks like silk, for those of you who can see in the camera. And um, it's just a really incredible hot weekend. Today's temperature, I think we're up to 33 degrees today. Um, and we're expecting 35 centigrade by Sunday. So it's going to be a really hot weekend. So a lot of people will be getting out. They're going to be absolutely um, going crazy for to be outdoors because we've been under lockdown for so long now. So um, I think a lot of people are going to be out inline skating, especially here at Molos. A lot of cycling going on, a lot of running. People will get back to running and um, a lot of outdoor fitness. Um, so, uh, just tell us a little bit though, how, how's your week been for this? Uh, you're still in lockdown. You, you're not working at the moment still. My week's been quite good. I've been prepping and planning just in case, hopefully I'm allowed back to work next week towards the end of the week. So I've been checking out the criteria I'd need to follow and I've been working on that. Lots of sports too, keeping me sane. I actually skated 10 kilometers last night, which was amazing. Where, where did you do that? Up and down at Molos. Yes, it just kept going. Yeah. <laughs> Bugs are being attracted to us today. Yeah, so that's very good. You did 10 kilometer skate at Molos. Yes. Um, yeah, it's beautiful to skate here. Inline skating, rollerblading. Um, we, I believe we have one of the most beautiful places on earth to do that. I know that's quite a claim, but you know, I've skated California, London, Paris, um, and California, where rollerblading really the birth of it, and they do have a, a very amazing beach there to skate, but it's not as good as Mollus. We don't have as much space, but to be this close to the sea on such a wide and flat path is, is for me, it's a, an amazing place with the palm trees and the view of the sea so close. Um, it's a very different experience in California, and for me, this is much, much better. And that's a big claim, but yeah, this is my, my town now, my country, so. Uh, I do believe that we have a, a wonderful place for skating. Um, so you're you're uh, back to work on May 25th, hopefully? Hopefully. I'm going to wait for government advice and we'll see. But I'm prepping just in case and I'm following all the protocols that the government will have in place. And some of my own, having been a therapist for 16 years, I've upped some of the um, safety practices that I, I perceive will be even better than what might be recommended to be stricter not not to to build up upon what's recommended really yeah i think that's the key thing here, is that to be sensible and take all precautions uh, as possibly as much as we can um uh, it's just the, the right thing to do even uh, you with your experience you you really know what's best about your business and how to take care of your clients um 
I think for me also in my work, I'm hopefully hopefully getting back on May 21st as well for all, all levels of the fitness and coaching that I'm doing. So I'm really looking forward to that. It's been a very long lockdown. It's been, I believe, a very different experience for everybody around the world. I mean, self-employed people, it's been, it's been very tough, challenging to be able to work this long. But um, also given us time to think about many things and, and plan for the future. I'm more positive now than ever, funny enough, and because it's, I've had that reset, been have time to think about everything I've been doing, and I think for many people the same. Yes, indeed. Indeed. It's been a time of contemplation, a time of planning and a time of re-evaluating our lives. So today I thought we would talk about and uh, tap into your experience about knee pain and knee injuries because um, it's something that um, as a fitness coach myself, I, I, I get a lot of um, with clients that they're, they're pushing themselves too hard, too fast, too soon and knee pain. So we'll focus a little bit on that and tap into your amazing knowledge of this as you are someone who, who treats um, knee pain symptoms and injuries and try to rehabilitate people back into their favorite sports, whether it's inline skating, whether it's running, cycling, basketball, beach volleyball, these kind of categories, which often I think are the cause of knee pain, especially when we're into marathon season. Uh, we've at the moment the limit marathon was cancelled this year so um that's probably put a lot of people on hold with their running training so maybe you've had less of that before the shutdown and maybe you'll have less of it afterwards but your what's your overall experience of knee pain and knee injuries with athletes there could be various causes and we do in the first instance need to have medical assistance to find out what the real causes of the knee pain so we know what we're dealing with and nothing comes um, before seeking medical attention. But in my clinic I see um, two to three main types of issues for the knees and the first is jumper's knee and the second is iliotibial band syndrome and then we have all these other issues such as torn cartilage and torn ligaments. The latter two are more serious and I really urge that people go to see a physiotherapist or an osteopath or an orthopaedic surgeon for assessments and maybe some tests in the first instance and then they can come back to me with, with um with some advice from a medical professional to help them with what I end up doing. Yeah. So um, the sports massage does help with um, uh, knee pain type injuries? Oh, definitely. Um, so if we look at jumper's knee as the first issue, it's really stemming... Wait, just, just describe jumper's knee for people who don't Jump, understand. Jumper's knee is an issue where there's a lot of inflammation in the patella tendon, which is asserting, inserting distally to the knee here in the tibial tuberosity, excuse the technical language. But so the front of the knee? The, below, <laughs> below, the, just on this little bony point here, okay. just below yeah. the knee. So the four quadricep muscles converge through the patella, the kneecap, and then they join into this point here. And because the four quadricep muscles are attaching into one point, that tendon can get very inflamed and tight because the muscles are tight in the quadriceps region. So uh, for various reasons, maybe we've done too much too soon too fast, which we spoke about in the previous podcast, or maybe there's um, 
just the sudden increase in our training and the muscles can get very, very tight. Muscles have a little bit of pliability in them, but tendons don't really have that. So if these muscles get too tight, then all of the pressure is placed on this patella tendon and it can become inflamed. So that's where I can help because I can release these muscles. You can do a lot at home to release them too, but I can get into them with a little bit more vigor. Yeah, that's good. So um, I think, you know, when I was before the shutdown and I was coaching clients getting ready for uh, the Limassol Marathon, other European marathons, the, the problem I always experienced was with clients is that, you know, they try to get ready for a marathon in about three months. And, um, you know, if, in reality, you, you really need like a year to train for 42K with no injuries. And, well, the least amount of chance of getting injuries. But when you're going from zero running to trying to get ready for a marathon or half marathon, yeah. and you try and do that in three months, it's always that very fine balance of um, pushing them hard to get fit and ready for a marathon or a half marathon, but without the, the problems of knee pain. Uh, and, and this is where I find that, the, the knee pain is coming in because they try and get ready for it in too short a period of time for a marathon. They're running too, too many miles at, and, and often at higher speeds than they're capable of because they're really pushing themselves, get, you know, training, training, you've got to get ready for the marathon. Mm-hmm. And then the knee pain comes and it absolutely destroys their marathon. Yes, yes. And I mean, they, often they don't even get to the start line. No, you need a good base of fitness before you embark on something like a half marathon or even a full marathon. And um, you, you need a dedicated approach to that practice and you have to stick within it, not doing too much and backing off when your body's telling you yeah. that things are getting too tight. And then sometimes it's better if you have to skip a training session to rest and then go on to the next training session without trying to play catch up so that you have a double amount of tension placed on the muscles the next time. And there's... Um, even more pressure for your body to heal and recover from the training practices but just going back a little bit to um, running and trying to prepare in a short period of time for something as big as a marathon a lot of the time these runners are having iliotibial band syndrome so there's a muscle here um, called the tensor fascia lata, TFL for short. The, the muscle she's pointing at is on her hip, for those yeah. of you. <laughs> you need to watch on YouTube as well to get a bit <laughs> So it's lateral to the hip. So if you place your hands on your hips, like um, the handlebars of a bike, it's, it's the muscle just where your palms would be. And if you want to see if it's the right muscle, you can externally rotate your leg and you'll feel that muscle contracting. Now, this muscle services the iliotibial band. And this iliotibial band is a lateral band coming down the thigh and attaching just um, beneath the knee laterally. And this this. TFL muscle is is responsible for the tension and the activation of the iliotibial band. So when a runner is doing too much too soon, this muscle gets chronically tight and the connective tissue laterally gets um, a lot of pressure put on it and then we end up with inflammation on the lateral knee at two little attachment points called the epicondyles. And this is a serious problem because this inflammation will remain for quite a long time and it will disrupt one's practice. There's so much more I can talk about that. I'm so passionate about yeah. this. There's so much to speak about. The- so often the knee pain is it's um, not actually always in the knee. It's, it's what we believe in the knee from tightness because of the ITB syndrome. 
It's the tenth, yes, yes, and if I can explain a little bit more. So the tensor fasciolata muscle can become tight from, from um, excessive amounts of training in a small period of time, and then the tightness here will further restrict the iliotibial bands, and this iliotibial band, every time you're running or even cycling, and your knee's bending to more than 30 degrees, this iliotibial band is flitting over to the back to the front of the epicondyles, those bony attachment points. So it's tantamount to a piece of string being drawn across the edge of a piece of wood. So it's like a friction injury, really. And then people go and get foam rollers, which I love. And by the way, it was National Foam Rolling Day recently. And I think one of my videos might be um, placed on one of the leading trigger point foam roller. Cool. How did the viewers see that? Um, I tagged the right people after being invited to. You can say them. Who are they? It's it's um, Trigger Point. Trigger Point. <laughs> this is the original. Point. The best foam rollers in the world yeah. and the best massage sticks. Yeah. Those are the two things you have to buy: a foam roller and a massage stick. So and buy Trigger Point. I mean, myself, yeah. I've yeah. I've seen the other copy yeah. brands sold here yes. cheaply in Cyprus. Do not buy them. Buy Trigger no. Point. It's TP. Yes. Is the product. It has a very unique logo. Check it out on their website and and understand and see the videos that they do because they do an amazing um, value content of helping you to rehabilitate with foam roller exercises so yeah that's amazing so we get our foam rollers which I love and we should be aiming using those towards the TFL muscle which there are lots of things you can do for I mean we can film this another time so there there is so much we can do to release this TFL muscle Um, and then um, I see people foam rollering the iliotibial band and it feels very painful and it's very nice. But this iliotibial band, it's as tough as a tyre. You're not going to get much benefit from rolling out this iliotibial band. So don't direct foam roller on no. the, um, around the outside of the knee. No. Yeah. The, down the lateral thigh. I mean, it feels nice and you can do a little bit, but don't, don't use that as a method to treat iliotibial bands. So you, sh- you should use the foam roller around the areas? It, and Laterally to your hip. And there are all sorts of ways that you can balance there. And you can even do like a figure of four piriformis um, pressure on the posterior of the glute, but angle yourself to start to get those lateral sections or you can take tennis balls and stick them into this area and into then, the hip area yeah laterally here um, and then you can lean against the wall not the ground so that you can control the pressure there's so much you can yeah. do good so there is there is hope when we do get these injuries and but in generally it's really time i would say is in my experience the number one Remedy, you know, you, you do all these alleviate uh, things to help them and treatments and everything, mm. but time is always going to be on uh, the the one that they should be focusing on. But they, no one wants to do that. Everyone wants to get straight back to running and cycling and whatever else they were doing that caused the injury. Yeah, you need time because uh, essentially a lot of these repetitive strain injuries are inflammation um, based 
So inflammation is not going to go overnight. You can release the muscle, take the pressure off the tendon, and that's going to speed up the process. But if you keep putting the same pressure and load on the same tendon, you're not going to get anywhere with your rehabilitation. So you do need um, time off. And sometimes, and this is going to be a big thing to say, and I don't know if people are going to agree with me, but I've been in this industry for 16 years now. So I'm going to say it. Sometimes you're better off pulling out of your training program and actually going into a competition a little bit under-trained because you've had to rest an inflammation-type-based yeah. injury. Yeah. So then you're going to go, if it's worth it for you, all out on the day. Yeah. If you're a little bit under-trained, not a huge amount under-trained, and then you'll go all out on the day and deal with the consequences afterwards yeah. and take the time out that you need afterwards. That's if your competition or your event is that important to you. Yeah, it's a good golden nugget there, I think, because that's um, people who are determined to go through with the event that they're training for and at whatever cost, rather than destroying yourself before you get to the start line, just pull out before, try and rest and recover with good nutrition, sleep, um, maybe some swimming and getting out. And you mentioned about inflammation, something we discussed last time in the podcast. Nutrition, it's everything, yes, isn't it? It's yes, there are so many anti-inflammatory herbs and spices. Get, get that marjoram into you, get the oregano into you, turmeric, black pepper. Um, turmeric and black pe pepper mix, yes. yeah, that we hear so much about, yeah. It has to be a combo, doesn't it, the two together. And you don't need a lot of these. Um, one of the doctors that I follow says that the safe doses aren't actually worked out, so he recommends no more than a quarter of a teaspoon per time. So... You don't need much, but you might want to keep adding them to your foods throughout the day. So good nutrition. I mean, now it's swimming season, so people oh. can swim, and we're, we're allowed to swim. In. Swimming season. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Getting into water is so good for any type of injury. It's, it's going to have a threefold effect. So you have the compression of the water, the coldness of the water, and if you're walking in the water, you have an action from the soleus muscle which can start to push fluid back up towards the heart. So you have this threefold effect. So even if you're not rehabbing for, from an injury, get into that water. It's so good for you. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, it's guys, you are, if you're watching this on YouTube, this... You'll see the sea here. It's, it's just pure, real paradise. And we're on the Limassol coast here. So get out, get swimming if you have any. Always it's a, it's a great remedy, treatment, and it's in nature, which is what this whole podcast is about. Our theme is being outdoors in nature, connecting with nature in every possible way, including your diet. So get out there. You can swim, be in nature, be outdoors. And um, it will just be for health and wellness. It's the number one. Nature is our remedy for all, most of these things. Yes, definitely. And the number one thing we have to do when we're rehabbing an injury is look at the inflammation. And, and as I said in the previous podcast, that's a bit controversial at the minute because some of the new research is saying we need that inflammation for the healing process. But if you leave inflammation unchecked for a long time, you can have further issues. So in the instance of the knee... If there's inflammation within the knee, 
it can obstruct the movement of the knee. And if you're obstructing the movement of the knee, you're upsetting your gait. And if you do this over a period of time, some muscles will waste because your body's not moving optimally anymore. For instance, I'm rehabbing a severely torn knee cartilage. I've been battling it for years. To good effect, I've managed to run three full marathons with it with no exacerbation of symptoms. But I have to respect it and do the right things for it. So if... In the beginning, um, I left inflammation unchecked. So my knee had lost its range of movement. And then because I couldn't use my knee properly, my gluteus maximus, this um, huge glute muscle, wasted. So then my walking gait became very lopy and unbalanced. And so there is a knock-on effect. So I personally believe we have to deal with inflammation pretty promptly. And something like walking in cold water is just amazing. Um, Also, you can use a pack of frozen peas with a damp tea towel wrapped around it to help cold conduction um, occur. So there are so many things that we can do to help ourselves. Very good. I mean, uh, I hope there's some value we've given some uh, for the viewers and the listeners today. But um, really, it's the experience that you're you're offering here is second to none, and they should really contact you if they if they want some advice. And how can they contact you? If people can speak to me at info at limassolesportsmassage.com. That's your email? That's my email. Or they can check out my webpage at www.limassolesportsmassage.com. Or they can find me on Instagram or Twitter as Limassol Sports Massage. I wanted to say before we finish, because it sounds like we might be wrapping yeah, up. We're, we're, so, we're absolutely dripping here, those of you watching. We're... Sweat is pouring off us and we're doing nothing. It's so hot today. It's very warm and I don't know if I'm that good in the heat. So excuse the viewers if people are watching us on YouTube because I might have um, a rather healthy glow happening at the moment. And I assure you that I have actually um, cleaned my hands. (laughs) If you've seen my arms go near my my, um, face. Um, There are stretches that we can do to help uh, with any knee type of injury. And, it, and the classic ones are things like the quadriceps stretches. When you're taking, when you're taking your, um, your heel towards your butt, this classic stretch, you must keep your pelvis neutral and you must keep your knees together. I see lots of people doing this with their knees parted and that's not going to stretch the muscles uniformly. So do keep your knees together, your heel to your bottom, use a strap if you can't manage that and hold for a good 20 seconds. You need a good 20 seconds for a reflex action to be overridden to allow for the stretch i can talk more about that another time so if you have any type of jumper's knee issue with the inflammation in the patella tendon then you want to be doing that heel to butt stretch five to eight times a day for two weeks really hit it and do it in a dedicated manner and then um, after two or three weeks you can review the situation and don't forget the other limbs so stretch the tight side the not so tight side and the tight side again and when you're short of time you can just go for the tighter side but you do want to be comparing the two sides all the time the two legs and another stretch that will help people with iliotibial band syndrome is to 
take the affected side's leg behind the other leg, bend your knees slightly, grow tall in the spine, and then take your arm overhead, pushing your hip of the affected leg outwards. And this bow type um, shape that you make will help to stretch the TFL muscle. And again, hold for a good 20 seconds. And then it's good to keep all of the muscles of the leg nice and soft so we want to stretch the hamstrings to do the best hamstring stretch in my opinion would involve you laying on the ground and extending your leg in the air using a strap to help you like a some kind of theraband or even the belt from your bathrobe bends the knee of the non-affected leg extend the leg of the affected knee and then gently draw it towards your body using the strap hold for 20 seconds again now if you do this stretch on the ground you're actually targeting the hamstring a little bit more whereas when we do stretches let me just show you like a forward bend this way i'm just going to come forward when we do this kind of stretch coming down this way that's going to give you a mixture of a stretch of your back and your hamstrings. So it's not isolating the hamstrings so well. So if you're on a clean surface and you can get down on the ground, that stretch is going to be better for the hamstrings. And then you do also want to stretch the calf muscles because we have two calf muscles and one of those calf muscles extends above the knee laterally. So you want to stretch the two calf muscles so that you can relax the whole posterior chain of the leg and that kind of stretch will be the classic gastrocnemia stretch where you extend one leg behind you bend the front knee keeping your knee over your foot and you drive your pelvis slightly forward and and the second stretch is for the soleus muscle which is to take a slightly shorter stance and bend your knees to about five degrees but play about with it until you can feel the back leg have this deep 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 stretch because the soleus muscle is a lot deeper than the superficial gastrocnemius muscle and and um, that's going to help a lot. And another last thing I want to say um, is to keep those glutes well toned. So you, you need to offset the loading anteriorly on the pelvis. Our hip flexor muscles, like the psoas and the iliacus, they work so hard. We're often sitting for a long time in the day, or our sports use those hip flexor muscles a lot. For instance, skating, biking, um, all of these sports challenge the hip flexors so much, but are we developing the glutes to offset it? Muscles work in pairs. So all those old-fashioned, um, if I'm allowed to say Jane Fonda-type exercises, they're very good for the gluteus maximus, the big glute muscle, and the gluteus medius and minimus, those um, lateral glute muscles that externally rotate your leg. Good, very good. So natural... Uh, movement, bodyweight exercises, stretching, inf reducing inflammation, sports massage, and swimming. Foam rolling. Foam rolling, yep. Yeah. Good. There's All right. So I think maybe we'll do another podcast on stretching because that's something that everyone should be doing, especially with the new lifestyles of sitting for eight, nine hours, ten hours or more in office environments and then then going out to run, cycle, whatever, and, and fitness at the weekend. You know, they've been sitting for so many hours. And maybe we'll do another podcast on that. I look uh, forward great. to that. So um, thank you so much for today. Guys, check us out on YouTube, Michael Rivers Podcast Show. And uh, we're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts now. 
and um, yeah, give us some feedback, give us some comments, we'd appreciate it. And we look forward to seeing you. It's a new podcast every week, and it's always based on wonderful nature, beautiful Cyprus, and uh, lots of good things to come. So thank you very much, Eva, for today. My absolute pleasure. Thanks once again for having me, and I look forward to being here with you again soon. And as always, we travelled here by bicycle today. I've got a wonderful mountain bike so the viewers can see in the image here. So we're going to cycle back to uh, Yamasoya area, and it's been an amazing journey coming here. And the podcast is being outdoors in nature and the benefits of nature in every possible way. So why have uh, uh, give up emissions from fossil fuels using our vehicles? So we're cycling everywhere we can these days. Yes, we are. And it's great fun and very healthy for us. Good. So we'll get ready now on our bikes. And uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Bye.